Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. In the USA, the criminal justice system is often described by what's known as the wedding cake model theory. In a nutshell, the theory developed by Samuel Walker explains how cases move through the criminal justice system. And if the cases were described as an item, the system would look like a wedding cake. The top and most narrow part of the cake represents the cases that receive the most attention from the courts, the media and the public. Think high-profile cases like O.J. Simpson, Casey Anthony or Ted Bundy. The bottom of the cake, and the widest part, is where the bulk of the cases the court handles are located, and primarily this is made up of misdemeanours that are dealt with really quickly and don't attract any attention. The middle layers represent more serious felonies, as well as lesser felonies, and again, while they might attract some attention, they're never as publicised as the crimes on the top tier. The point of the model is to explain the justice system in simple terms, but also to provide a better understanding of the realities of the criminal justice system. So today, inspired by the wedding cake model theory, and also thanks to the suggestion from smooth criminal groupie Badger of Albuquerque, today we're looking at crimes involving cakes. I'm Tori Hodgman, and welcome to the Smooth Criminal Podcast. first crime dates way, way back to 1840 in France, where a woman by the name of Marie had been looking for the perfect husband. Among the men she was interested in was a man called Charles Lafarge. Although he didn't have any of the characteristics of a man she wanted to marry, except for one thing. He was filthy rich and owned a palatial estate. And since Marie sounds like quite a gold digger, it's not surprising she accepted his proposal and soon they were married. But once they were married, Marie discovered that the perfect picture Charles had painted of the palatial estate had been terribly over-exaggerated, with the property in a state of ruin. And in addition, Charles's parents were peasants, and from all accounts, Marie was terribly disappointed and quite vocal about her disdain as well. In an attempt to save the marriage, Charles decided to head to Paris in search of a well-paying job. But before leaving, Marie made certain he signed a will bestowing his entire estate to her. While he was in Paris, Marie played the part of the perfect pining wife, writing him letters and sending him photographs of herself and one of a very impressive Christmas cake. However, things turned bad again with Charles becoming seriously ill, so he travelled home to the estate where Marie nursed and cared for him and rarely asked for any help from the housekeepers preparing all of his meals, which included, each day, a piece of the fabulous Christmas cake. The doctors eventually diagnosed poor Charles with cholera, and a short time later, he died. But the housekeepers had been suspicious of Marie, and informed the local authorities, who searched the estate and Marie, and in her pocket found a matchstick box of arsenic, which she'd been slowly adding, day by day, to the now notorious cake. Marie was sentenced to life imprisonment for the murder of her husband Charles, 
But like all good stories, this ended with a superb twist. After Charles's death, a second and more recent will was located, which had been executed by Charles while he was still in good health, leaving his entire estate to his mother. An ending that truly takes the cake. And now to a story where the criminal took the icing and not the cake. To Australia and the country town in New South Wales called Orange. Now, this isn't a joke. There is a city called Orange and ironically... Oranges aren't grown in orange because the climate's too cool. Anyway, to the crime. The Central Western Daily, Orange's local newspaper, reported with horror, and including a photo of the evidence, that someone in the office had snuck into the staff kitchen where they found the leftovers of a magnificent-looking chocolate cake that had been shared earlier in the day to celebrate a staff member's birthday. However, as the crime scene photos indicated, the crook wasn't remotely interested in the cake and had simply devoured a huge portion of the icing. Now, I figure it must have been a very slow news day for this story to have made the paper. No one was charged, but it clearly was a crime against cake or icing or workmates or something. Maybe they could have done a story about how many people have escaped prisons because of the file and the cake cliché. But since they didn't, we will. In so many TV shows and movies, there's the ongoing joke to smuggle a file into a prison inside a cake so an inmate can essentially cut through the bars and escape. But interestingly, there have been way more prison escapes using this method than I suspected. And it's not just files that have been smuggled into prisons, but also handsaws and even guns. I found a story of a man by the name of Mr. F.J. Humley, who was incarcerated for passing a forged cheque back in 1909. According to the Los Angeles Times, Mr. Humley was sent two cakes, which were intercepted by security, with each cake containing half of a 38 caliber revolver, which Humley was plotting to use in his escape. However, he ended up having his sentence extended and spent seven long years in Folsom Prison. And interestingly, a jailbreak in Ireland by a man called Eamon de Valera occurred after he sent the mould for a key out of the prison to friends, who then used the candle wax moulds to make a master key, and then they sent it back to de Valera inside a cake. The first key didn't work, but de Valera didn't give up and sent another mould to his mates, and another cake containing a key later, de Valera simply opened each door and gate in the prison and walked right on out. But the really interesting part of this story is de Valera went on to become the third president of Ireland between 1959 and 1973. So from prison escapes, we now move on to stealing cakes from nuns. In 2017 in New York State, a 48-year-old woman named Angelique Smith was caught on CCTV footage stealing 250 bucks worth of cheesecakes from an order of nuns called the Nuns of New Skeet. The footage showed Smith leaving the nuns monastery loaded up with the cheesecakes that the nuns had on a table at the front door. 
There was an honour system where people would take a cake and leave payment, but Miss Smith swiped all the cakes off the table and together with an unnamed companion, fled the scene without leaving a single cent. Photos of the brazen cheesecake thief were shared all over social media, ultimately leading to her identification and arrest. And the unnamed companion in the footage was her 19-year-old daughter, who wasn't ultimately charged. And in another case of theft of a cake, a delivery man in New York City was sued by baker Lady M Confections for smuggling over 1,000 cakes out of their warehouse over several months, which he then sold on to other vendors. 32-year-old David Livergenay stole cakes totaling almost 90,000 bucks and he was charged with 15 counts of petty larceny. He pleaded guilty and was sent to prison for his deplorable behaviour. Now, apparently celebrities like Oprah Winfrey are huge fans of Lady M Confections cakes, so this got a lot of media coverage in the US as a result. Don't fuck with cakes, people. It's not cool. Now, as brazen as those last two cake thieves were, one does have to ask oneself how a smoother criminal is when a person steals cream cakes from the cops. And not just from the police, but straight out of the fridge in the kitchen of the Manchester's elite police team headquarters in England. It turns out the cake thief was a man subcontracted to the police station and he was quickly arrested following the theft, but fortunately for him, the cops didn't press charges. And a woman in Wichita Falls, Texas, also got away without any criminal charges after she ate half of a cake in the Wichita Walmart and then refused to pay for the other half. According to a statement on the police file, they were called to Walmart at 8pm where they found the woman adamantly refusing to pay for the cake. She was escorted out of the store and banned from that Walmart for life. And now to a story where a cake was used as a weapon. And this story is from... Florida! Brittany Maple, a 21-year-old McDonald's employee, found herself in jail after allegedly smashing a lemon cake into her mother's face during a heated argument at home. When questioned, Maple didn't provide any explanation as why she chose to use cake as a weapon, but the police report noted Maple's 51-year-old mum's face was covered in cake and there were crumbs all over the floor. It turns out Maple had quite the criminal history, having been arrested multiple times for all kinds of crimes, including trespassing, possession of marijuana, domestic battery, and even an incident where she slapped and struck her mum in the head with a bottle of mouthwash. The court ordered Maple to stay away from her parents and siblings and set a $15,000 bond, which not surprisingly, none of her family members were prepared to pay. And still in Florida. And we have taken a bit of poetic license, including this story, because it is about cakes of sorts. Well, it's about the humble pancake. Police charged Kieran Thomas after they saw him on CCTV footage shoving a plate of pancakes down his throat while sitting in the middle of a road. Thomas claimed it was just a silly prank, but the cops charged him with placing an obstruction on the roadway, namely himself, and disrupting the free flow of traffic. Probably a good thing he didn't get run over by a car, or he literally could have been as flat as a pancake. 
And now let's head to Iceland, where three men got themselves into a spot of bother after they were busted stealing tomatoes, mushrooms, cheese and Mr Kipling cakes, which are also known as French fancies, from a local supermarket. But what's interesting about this story is the three men didn't steal the items from within the shop, but from a dumpster bin out the back, and their defence was it was rubbish that they took and therefore not criminal. Unfortunately for the men, the charges were later dropped. Earlier in the episode, we talked about murders involving poison cakes. And over the centuries, there's been hundreds of tales of murder most foul involving deadly cakes. But I'm mentioning this story as our last story in this episode because it has an interesting twist. To Gloucestershire in the UK, where back in 2008, a woman found... A woman was found guilty of lacing a cake with rat poison to try and kill her cheating and abusive husband of over 30 years. In an unbelievably kind act of leniency, the judge sentenced her to a 12-month suspended sentence to acknowledge the years of torment her husband had put her through, saying in his sentencing remarks that she was not a criminal in any shape or form. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of Smooth Criminal. You can listen to us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Podbean, Overcast, Pocket Casts, AntennaPod, Downcast, the Smooth Criminal Podcast channel on YouTube, and even through our website at shows.acast.com forward slash smooth criminal. Also, why not join our Facebook page, Smooth Criminal Groupies? Or you can find us on Twitter. Please rate and review and share with your friends. Until next time, remember, don't get hit by, don't get struck by a smooth criminal.